Hello and welcome to another uh, episode of Cathode Ray Mission. This is the podcast where we are watching stuff on the streaming platforms while we're all locked down and we'll watch just about anything. Uh, so, you know, we'll just kind of take a survey of what's out there. What do we want to watch? And then you can hear us talk about it if you, if you like. That's the theme of the show. I'm Will Scoville. I'm in, uh, I'm in Berkeley, California. Uh, with me as always in Oklahoma City is Randy Heyer. Hey, Randy. Oh, Will. How's it going? I'm doing Pretty well. good. Um, oh, I wish I had my wolf howl queued up uh, because this one, this week, uh, we are reviewing. Here we are. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is a brand new movie for 2020, uh, directed by Jim Cummings, uh, who... Hey, and speaking of how this is all about streaming and stuff, where can you stream this movie? Uh, I think uh, you a can... A little peek behind the curtain, I watched it illegally. Uh, I, I may or may not have watched it, uh, through a friend. Um, this, I think you can buy it from, like, Amazon. I think it's for sale. It's essentially a new movie that you can purchase, um... And I would recommend that you do. It's it was yeah. I mean, good. If there's a disc of this. Yeah, a little um, heads up. I'm about to give this a good review. I'll probably. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd. I will be watching this movie. I yeah, will be watching this movie. Uh, so this is Jim Cummings, who is uh, writing, directing, and starring in this movie. The same thing that he did with his last movie, Thunder Road. And who the hell is this guy? I He's seemingly from nowhere. Yeah, he just seems to have come out. From out of nowhere, he's directed a few other things that look like they're shorts, and then he's directed a short, uh, a short film version of Thunder Road, which was essentially mm. that opening scene at the funeral. Yeah. Um. So, so spoilers ahead for both Thunder Road. I think we'll, we may give that uh, its own review later on. But, um, Jim Cummings, I don't, I had never heard of this dude. And I mean, suddenly, we could straight up make this a twin review in a way. Yeah, really. I watched like, both movies, and they're very similar. They're very similar. They they, they deal with very similar um, things. But I think the most interesting thing is that for this movie, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, what he does with the themes of Thunder Road and even the character of Thunder Road is to put them into a genre a very clear genre. And in this case, it is a hybrid horror crime, horror police procedural genre. Um, Addiction drama. It's, and I think he, it, like, it, I, I think this movie is, was really interesting. And dude, for it, real, it, it has all the feel of a, um, like prestige movie, like that would get a really high budget and huge release. It's the it, final performance of Robert Forster too, yeah, and he's uh, terrific. And the and it's about his whole roles about death and yeah. accepting death and stuff. It's it's great. And it all this comes in at right under an hour and a half. Uh, tells which it, is amazing. It really is amazing. When I didn't realize that that it was that short the first time I watched it. Um, so it is under ninety minutes. Uh, you know, including credits. Um, and was Stakeland under 90? I think that was right at about 90. So that's another movie that really kind of hit that. Uh, but Stakeland, you'll remember, was 
kind of built out of uh, an episodic uh, web series. That's true, but they are like similar in that it's a good example of like, hey, yeah, you can make a good movie with like very little money. Like, yeah. just don't film it all in one goddamn house. Have ten people be in the. You know, I yeah. mean, there's just certain things that. They cut corners on in a lot of these new movies, these new horror movies especially, that that's why this movie really stuck out to me at first. And then just a couple days later, I'm still thinking about it. And I'm like, wow. And I go back and watch it. And then I watch Thunder Road. And then I go back and watch this one. And you suggested we talk about it. And it's like, yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this movie. I think it's terrific. Yeah, it's... Damn, it's good. Within my cir- my circle of friends, it's been talked about a lot recently, so which kind of like brought me into eventually watching it. I think I also saw a review of it on, a, you know, slash film or something. But yeah, the the thing, first time watching this movie, I I really did not know what to expect. I was expecting a much more by the book horror movie. I was really really expecting that. And when I see the Jim Cummings come on and he's kind of doing this weird act and really taking hold of the entire story um, as a central character, I'm like, okay, this is like something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially his interaction with everybody and the way that they show the passage of time in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because this movie takes place over like, what, three months or so? Um, yeah, you know, it's like every, every month gets kind of like a half an hour. Um, so it's almost like a, like a mini series kind of, you know, that's why I say I'm interested to see like what becomes of him, what TV show will he eventually get where he's like totally completely running it. Um, yeah. because both this and Thunder Road really feel like it's, it's made that way. It's made to be, this is another chapter in his ongoing story that has an eventual end. Yeah, and Thunder Road also um, he scored too. <laughs> oh, did he really? Oh, yes, he? and it's like it's just like who the fuck is this guy? You know, really? it's like because he is like he's a, a very good actor. I mean, he's writing his own, he's acting his own material, but it is like Sling Blade or like I'm I'm trying to think of like what a good that's like. One of the only real comparisons I can think of. I got I got a comparison. If okay, I, I I've I've been thinking about this uh, since I watched this again last night, um, and I have a comparison. So you have two movies where uh, Jim Cummings is uh, writing and directing himself. Um, so we haven't really seen him outside of that. So I have no doubt that he can be a really good actor under someone else's direction or writing. Uh, but in both of the movies that he is written, directed, and starred in, he has been playing essentially the same type of character. In both cases, a cop um, who is going through uh, certain family and emotional things on, on top of kind of everything else. Mm-hmm. Thunder Road, almost explicitly, that is what's driving the story. In this one, you have all that on top of this you know, series of murders that's going uh, on in this town. And alcoholism. And alcoholism, too. Has, and so, yeah, that's like a key feature of Wolf. So, I have this theory that if Jim Cummings continues on and does another movie 
to fill out a trilogy of this kind of cop character that he's created. Mm -hmm. I would most closely associate this character to none other than Ernest P. Worrell, Jim Varney, (laughs) done in a completely new context. Um, And viewing it like that, where he can take this cop character and put it into different situations and different genres, and where he's basically the same character reacting Mm -hmm. to this new situation in the same way that Ernest could be both go to jail and be scared stupid. Interesting. And... To the listener, I know what Will's saying, but I want to make it very clear that in no way does the tone reflect no. that of an earnest movie. Absolutely not. Two. They're very serious, and they have humor and stuff, too. They're sort of—they're like movies that in the 80s and 70s and beyond, maybe even uh, or before, you'd call comedies, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, now it's like— it's not like, I mean, some of it will maybe make you laugh out loud, you know, but it's more just like, it's sort of got a Wes Anderson, even like uh, the the Hesses, like uh, Napoleon Dynamite and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and Todd Salons. And so it has that kind of quirkiness to it. And maybe even a little bit of Sling Blade, too, honestly. Uh, God, I love fucking Sling Blade. Yeah, Someday. Someday we will just do Sling. We'll talk about Sling Blade, Vic Chestnut, Dwight Yoakam. Holy shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I don't know what this dude's deal is. It's weird to me that he chooses to have these characters be cops and what he says about law enforcement, you know, it's like, and especially in these times and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. Do you do you get a weird vibe from him that's like, what's your whole deal? Like, you know, when you find out that Napoleon Dynamite is made by this uh, Mormon mm-hmm. couple, you know, it's like, oh, and that kind of yeah. sheds light on the perspective of what you're watching. It's like, oh, okay. So, like, what is, who is he? You know, like, what? Yeah. there's something a little, a little bit weird quirky in a weird kind of way about both of these movies. That, that, that is something I noticed. And it is something when I was kind of looking at it, I'm like, oh, he's playing another cop. And I'm like, are they the same movie? Are they, is he the same character? Like, why are these, t- his two big movies? And I'm wondering if that's more of, you know, in, in doing my little bit of research on him, he he did the short film Thunder Road, which kind of was expanded. He took that character to the next level uh, in the the feature film version, where he is showing, you know, what happened after that scene. How did his life unravel further, and how did he kind of find some sort of redemption by the very end? Mm-hmm. This movie could be a continuation of that. This could be like, this is what happened after he left town in Thunder Road. Yeah, if not for the dad, it could just be the same character with a different name like 10 years later. Yeah, and so this, I think he is, he he may have realized that he had not told that character's full story yet and shown it its full potential. And I agree that without that kind of centering of the story around that, that main character, this... I don't know, like, because everything happens around him. Everything is, even these murders are how it affects him directly. Um, 
you know, and how he has to continue to interact with everybody in this town. Um, I, I, you know, he drives it and I don't think that this movie would have worked without it. And so I'm wondering if that's what he's doing with that character, um, kind of further exploring it and saying, you know, Thunder Road was seen by a small amount of people. What if we take mm. that character and made it into a genre picture? Yeah. And I, I mean, Hey, and I, I do, I love this movie, but that is one of the, the most troubling or just not even troubling, but like curious things to me. That's the best word for it. Curious. Yeah. It's like, um, because it's like, there's like this point when, um, he's like, stop, you know, like you need to like, it's a guy, we need to find a guy. It's like, this is why people don't like us because we can't solve the crimes fast or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's not why people don't like cops, dude. It's like, you know, they don't really address what's happening in America right now and what's been happening forever. But like, I mean, um, Ferguson and all that was like 2015, you know, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. To me, it's sort of weird, you know? Well, like, I, I think that and is... they get into, it's sort of like a three billboards logic, you know, sort of where it's kind of like, have you well, seen that movie? I haven't seen it, no. That's actually, I, that is a sort of, it's got that kind of a feel to it too. Honestly. Okay. That's kind of a kindred. And I did, I did like three billboards, but three billboards was kind of like, it's written by a fucking foreigner, clearly. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Well, okay, so I, I wonder if that is part of the character trait where he he continuously says, like, really awful things, kind of, like, underhanded things to people. Like, there's a part where they find a voicemail, and he, like, takes the phone, and he just says something to the woman who gave him the tip that, you know, that if there's another murder, it's going to be your fault or something. Mm-hmm. Um and he, and he says things like this. So he's, he makes these kind of like weird um, comments to like, I don't know, he's, he's, he's got an idea of what he's talking about, but his kind of view of it is very off. And he does that over and over again. And that's just kind of part of his breakdown, psychosis, whatever is going on with him. You mean his uh, character? His character, the filmmaker? yeah. Okay. The, the character, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have a feeling, and especially after watching Thunder Road and how he wrote that person as like, like really, because that, that character is constantly talking. Like he does not shut up. Which Thunder and, Road, watching that one, that I prefer Thunder Road to me. Yeah. I, Thunder Road is so terrific. Let's just quick... Because we need to get into, we're like vaguely talking. We need to talk about what Wolf of Snow Hall is like about and shit. Yeah. But Thunder Road is way more basic. It begins with this tour de force, like 15-minute unbroken shot of this man having a breakdown, giving a eulogy for his mother, and he's trying to do a dance, and he can't get the tape recorder to work, and it's it's like moving, it's funny, sad, hard to watch. It's just like, it's amazing, you know? Would you agree, Will? Yeah. It, I think that it's like one of the strongest intros I've seen in any movie, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, that that is like the central part of the movie is the very beginning. And then every, like the scenes that continue after that follow that same, there's a lot of long takes in that in that movie. Where he and he's goes, trying to be, he's trying to be not combative and by doing so, 
some things go too far when he needs to step in and be like, and so yeah, it's just like he's having a breakdown and he's, it's sort of reminding me of a, a Herzog's Bad Lieutenant movie where it's like he's constantly being too hard when he needs to be soft and he's being too soft when he needs to be hard, you know? Yeah. And so, and everything gets fucked up as a result yeah. of a bit. It's presented in a realistic way, like in a way that happens in real life. Cause I mean, that's what life is like, you know? Like, yeah, it's just nobody has know, all the right moves, you know? So he, he, he becomes one of those guys who's like, I thought I was doing everything right. And, you know, it's unfortunately more than that. You know, shit happens and you just got to learn how to deal with, with shit, you know? And he's, he says, well, I don't, he's one of those people who says, I don't have to to worry about that because I'm going to make sure I follow the rules and I do everything correctly. Um, and it's just kind of someone who's realizing that life gets in the way sometimes, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. have a contingency plan for that. And he can't really deal with that because he, he doesn't think that he deserves it. And, um, you know, it just kind of, it's all coming out after the death of his mother when he realizes that he's on his own finally, uh, for once. So, yeah. And then, yeah. What, I mean, okay. Everybody, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil something that happens at the end, but I want to talk about it real quick. One of the, the main, the the kind of the climactic thing at the end is this, his ex-wife who he's been giving like a lot of leniency and trust to and stuff. And it's like (laughs) fucking him over, especially in his, uh, custody hearings and stuff. He's like losing, because in the midst of all this, he's also losing custody of his daughter. And because he's cracking up over all this other stuff, it's making all of that worse because right. like he's having to talk to judges and he's he just like kind of like a little bit seems unstable and stuff. But anyway, um, she, the, the mom um, ODs and dies. And so like he shows up and he has like this monologue to her corpse and he like he's at the end he like slaps the corpse. Mm-hmm. He kisses her hand and he slaps her across the face hard. And then he walks out and it's like that's so. Uh, I thought that was just like it was disturbing and yeah. moving and I don't know. It was yeah. horrific. Yeah, it it really um, it. It's hard not to just talk about that movie, like to di- give a short description of that movie. You can really just, it, it re- is really going to undersell it because it's really, you have to follow that guy through that whole movie. Yes. Because it, it's like, it's, it's about a guy who's kind of, ha- it's about a cop who's having a nervous breakdown after his mom dies. That just felt so like Southern Gothic to me. Yeah. Like, it felt Sling Blade, Faulkner, like fucking yeah. Child of God. But like a little bit light. I mean, just, you know, it was what it was and it was beautiful. Yeah. He couldn't get the rights to Thunder Road. And I think that's a great move of like just, oh, the, the, the boom box broke. Yeah. Um, so At I the guess end, just, it would have been good if it would have played maybe, but whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's so good that it was, was not there. I do love when he's like, we're going to leave. And he's like, ah, oh, it's the song. It's the damn song. And I'm like, ah, oh, you guys... Uh, yeah, to all of our listeners, go watch Thunder Road. Yeah. Without further ado, let's get more into what the Wolf of Snow Hollow is about. So, yeah. So um, imagine that same character being transported to, um, where are they at? They're, they're up. They're some in Utah. Ma- Utah's in this like mountain town. 
Uh, it's kind of a ski town, ski town adjacent, you know. Um, so uh, one night uh, a couple is coming in. They got like an Airbnb. And that night uh, the woman uh, of the couple uh, is mutilated uh, in like the driveway of the... Severely. Like of the cabin. Like, um, yeah, brutally torn apart and pieces of her... Uh, removed and taken. Uh, and so this, uh, being kind of a ski resort, um, and they kind of drop these things, like these little events that happen. You follow the couple as they get into town, as they get dinner, uh, as they go to the cabin and everything. So you have all these like suspects almost that they're kind of laying out and like, you're supposed to kind of like, did you see it? Did you, can you catch the killer? That dude looks like the lead singer of UB40. Like, yes, God, he does. He looks like so much like the lead singer of UB40. And I thought he was great, too. Yeah. He's like a douchebag, and he's like a good actor. He gives a really yeah. sad performance. He's really good. So he, um, so you follow all this as like right up to the murder happening um, so that you are already kind of involved in this mystery, and then you get introduced to... Um, uh, to John uh, Marshall, who's Jim Cummings, who's the, he's a deputy. His dad yeah, is a similar, sheriff. Similar scene to Thunder yeah. Road, where it's just a shot of him talking, giving a monologue. It's way shorter. It's He's at an AA meeting uh, this time. And that uh, is, I think, the key, one of the key differences is that this really, this movie is about alcoholism mm-hmm. and stuff like that is kind of one of the core thing or addiction even just yeah. that's one of the core themes of the, the movie that is makes it sets it completely apart from Thunder Road. Yeah. Cause he does have that, that he, he has a falling out with, with the AA group that he's with. He does go back to drinking um, to a point where he's like drinking kombucha. I, I want to say mm-hmm. a lot. And it's great. Like they, the way they film it, the way he films it, it's there's, um, the liquor is in the cabinet and I don't even think that he shows, it's just like, you know what it is, you know, it's just like the camera sort of like pans closer, it's our zooms closer and it's just like ominous music plays Yeah, that happens as it builds up before he just starts, he opens the cabinet and starts drinking Yep, and like starts crying in front of his daughter and stuff like that. And it gets, it gets heavy and it treats it with like. It's very serious, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's great. But it's also a crazy werewolf movie it's because he's interrupted his AA meeting to go. Disc- it's like kind of like Keystone Cops sort of. Yeah. Movie. There's like a, a funny but not too stupid funny, like Last House on the Left or something, like a believably funny cop comedy, like cops are in yeah, that yeah. joke like running through the whole movie. Like, well, I don't in, know. Like in this, in this case you have like Robert Forrester is the sheriff and he's also John, uh, uh, Jim Cummings, his character's dad. Robert Forrester should have retired a while ago. He's not doing too hot. He's trying to be the same tough sheriff. He always was. He's basically going to die. Yeah. Like any, like they know that like he needs to settle down because he could die. He could like have a heart attack and die. But the, the whole plan was that, you know, uh, that his son is going to take over and he's going to be the sheriff. 
of this town, but he's he is not prepared to take over. He does not have the responsibility to take take over the the position. But uh, this other uh, deputy, uh, Julia, played by Ricky Lindholm of Garfunkel and Oates, uh, she was awesome. She's she's like the one who has her shit together, and it becomes this thing where she's she's kind of played in the background, but the entire time. It's very clear that like she's the one kind of who's clear-headed, able to lead, where he cannot. Well, to his credit, he is correct, though. He is correct, like, but can he lead? Can he lead no. that investigation? And what happens is, yeah, and like it's the moment for him to prove himself, and he relapses, mm-hmm. and he totally blows his like, and then it becomes clear that Ricky Lindholm. Who is also, yeah, like you're saying, in the background, kind of also the only other cop that's doing like real detective work and yeah. stuff. And, you know, by the end of it, he, you know, he, you do get the scene where you figure out who is doing what. And it's a scene where John finds out by chance, by being in the right place and then putting the, the pieces together at in the moment. At the same time, Julia figures it all out through evidence. Yep. Again, by chance, where she gets a random phone call from that the the partner of that first woman. Yeah, but he's full on just drinking, and she's still doing her job. Like he's yeah. basically not even doing. He's just kind of doing. He's like returning basic. evidence yeah. to people and just kind of stumbles upon it. Um, so you kind of have this like weird thing where they both are correct and they both got the job done, but. Who, you know, she had already figured it out. She would have been there at the same time. It, it took the same amount of time. So, um, you know, who's going to be a better leader in the, in the long run? And then can he allow himself, you know, her to take over instead of him? Can he not be in charge? And the movie ends, you know, with him dropping his daughter off at, at college and leaving condoms for her. And those two guys walk past him talking about, you know, the fresh meat and the dorms. Mm. And he allows himself to just leave and not mm. confront anybody or, you know, tell them to stay away from his daughter or whatever. Yeah. Because his earlier, anger is like also ruining his, like the alcohol and the anger feeds his anger. And yeah. he's like, he's just becoming like fucking unhinged and he's acting super unprofessional Although his, his, the people working under him are also unprofessional. Yes, very, very much. And uh, so it's just like a shit show. And yeah, you know, Ricky Windham ends up at the end. It's like it makes perfect sense that yeah. she is the one who becomes the sheriff. Yeah, he's probably not even a cop anymore. No, like no. because when he does finally confront the killer. He shoots him and he empties the clip into his face. Yeah. And it's like the movie is like kind of withheld gore up until that point. And it's just a shot of this guy getting shot in the face like a bunch of times. Very suddenly. Super graphic and crazy. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's wounded and he's down. And it's a point where he could have done his, a monologue or, you know, Found out an why he could be made, probably, or, or, or should have happened. <laughs> or in another movie, the killer would have, exp- like, he would have found out some more exposition of, like, why he, why the killer did it. But no, he just shoots him in the face over and over <laughs> again. It kills him. 
and he's dead. And it doesn't matter why, you know, they, they make it pretty clear that there's no like yeah, seven style, you know, pattern that he's following. It's just like a crazy, you dude. know, it reminded me of the ending of, uh, out of the furnace. Have you, did you see that movie? I haven't seen that Scott, one. Scott Cooper, the guy who made crazy heart and then like some other shit too. But it was, that's a good, like people kind of slept on that movie. Um, it's about like the Rampo Indian, mountain Indians or whatever. But anyway, at the end of it, Christian Bale, the cop is like, don't, don't shoot. You know, this dude is wounded and he just like shoots him in the head. And then like, that's like the end of the movie. It's like, Jeez. it's fucking like, <laughs> yeah. So and I, I think that movie, sorry if I just spoiled that for everybody. I mean, it's still, I think knowing that that's how the end movie ends, it's like totally worth taking that journey because it's just like a, I don't know. It's just like it's it sort of reminded me of of this. Although yeah. you have the coda where it's like he's I mean, I think he technically he's like super injured. The guy okay, sorry, I'm rambling. Let's go back. I want to talk about one of the key issues since we're talking about the end of the movie anyway. The key issues with this movie being a mystery, which I'll admit and I will say the mystery ultimately doesn't really matter, you know, yeah. it's not what makes the movie good. But this guy who is revealed to be the killer at the end, it's like you've only seen him at a distance and he has, a, he has like a beard like earlier and then later yeah. he looks different. It's just mm-hmm. like, why, what the fuck happened here? Was this reshoots yeah. or something like, it's just like, it's a little bit, you wish it would be a little bit more like... Like of a, you're really solving the mystery too. Like if they had buttoned that little piece up with just showing him a little bit more, or like is this whole thing yeah. about like he's not standing upright and he's really tall? It's like okay, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like I mean, I, the second time I watched it, I noticed that because he's like shouting at them from his car in one scene, and then they're interrogating him the next scene, uh, and he's sitting down. He has a different demeanor, though, kind of like in the earlier scenes versus when he's talking. to Yeah, he's like y- he's like yelling because in the scenes where you don't see him, like the woman with the the red boner hair, uh, he's very nice. He has a completely he's communicating in a completely different way. Or at this at the this snowboarding uh, class, like he's very calm there. Where every other time that you actually see him on camera, he's yelling. And so, I don't know. I think that was like a diversion thing. So now you're seeing him the very last time. He's calm, but he looks different. I was uh, just kind of like, who the fuck is this character? After watching yeah. it a few times, I was like, I went back. I was like, oh, it's because he's clean shaven at the end and not yeah. at the beginning. And he's yelling. And also the whole height thing. It's like, well, if he was at the police station being interrogated, you know how tall this guy is. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. But we didn't as a viewer. So that's the that's the only important thing here. And that said, I love the part when he's like, "Can you stand up right for me?" And the dude, just like the look on the guy's face, where he's like, "I've been caught now," mm-hmm. and he stands up tall and shit. It's like that was pretty chilling and good. Yeah, like, I liked I liked that. And then the dude is scary. He's like he's huge. Yeah, an enormous man. And he like, you know, uh, uh, John is just like. Yeah, and just door slams, yeah. action starts, and it it was cool. And you know, there's it was good action. You know, and he gets like 
injured and then the guy has like puts the suit on and just like screaming at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just like, oh, it's just a crazy guy, but he's, it was almost like he had the rest of the suit from creep, you know, (laughs) creep. He's got just the, just the mask. It's like at the end, he's just wearing (laughs) the suit and not the mask. Uh, but no, I think that, um, we should mention, uh, Robert Forster, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, mentioned him up at the top, but, Mm -hmm. uh, so he, this is one of the last, probably the last movie he did. I think, I think it is. But yeah. I remember the day he died, uh, El Camino came out, uh, the mm. the Breaking Bad movie, uh, which he was, watched al- it. he was also in. Mm. So uh, he played kind of a central character in that, uh, that story. Uh, it's, you know, he will be missed. He was great in this movie. And it was kind of weird seeing him uh, kind of play out his final moments on camera almost. Um, yeah. you know, where he, his character does die, uh, near the end of the movie, uh, off camera. Uh, but it is kind of a, a big scene. And then to also know that he's gone, you know, by the time this movie came out, he would have already been gone. So, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was a great, again, another great performance by him. Uh, like he of course also took over for, uh, what's his name on the Twin Peaks return, uh, as, uh, Sheriff Truman's replacement. So really, I didn't yeah. watch that. Forrester was, was in Twin Peaks: The Return. Hell yeah! So Man, I gotta check it out. Well, I'll get to it someday. I'm more intrigued with that than say almost literally any other hour long drama show. You know, it's like good. I, Twin I, Peaks would be the one I'd check out. It it gets ridiculous at times, but it should. But there are moments of that show that I was like, holy shit, that's Great. Does it ever mimic the frustrating incomprehensibility of the movie? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell like, you. Man, the movie Twin Peaks, I've only seen it. I saw it in theaters actually like a few years ago for the very first time. And I'd seen Did you see that hour and a half like uh outtake reel? No. It it has like a whole other story. It has like more about like Chris Isaac and Kiefer Sutherland and Oh, and, that's interesting. That was like the best. That's what the movie should have had more of. It has a like whole, that. like, they have a whole story that was cut out. There's a lot of stuff that was cut out. Like, it, it's, it's like a whole sequel movie of just. It's like then, a little bit too much in, like, the the erotic room or whatever. You know, like, in <laughs> yeah. the back of the club and everything. It's just like. Subtitled? Or is that the really, scene you're talking about? Where every, I don't like, know. The, the I music just feel like is like loud. a long scene, like, extremely long scenes where. They're in like kind of a dark room and she's being like talking to like gross men and stuff. Yeah. And like that's where there's like, like I said, loud. I watched it once and that movie is just like a crazy, insane. I'll watch it again. It was interesting. Did you watch the show though? Did you Yeah, I watched the show. Oh, okay. Well. I like the show. I thought I thought I the like return was David good. Lynch too. I like yeah. Straight Story, as we've talked about on the show. <laughs> Man, what a terrific movie. Anyway, this kind of has a niceness to it, even though that's sort of another thing about, that's what I'm wondering about him. It's like, is he religious? Like, is he like, does he have like some kind of weird political, like what's his whole situation, you know, like, because there's sort of a niceness and sort of like a, a wholesomeness to his stuff, even though he has 
really dark stuff happen in his movie. He doesn't shy away from that stuff. Right. But like his viewpoint to me seems to be very like hopeful and almost like Christian or something, you know? Well, it's, it's like, it's like how Ryan Gosling is Mormon. Uh, and he does movies like that are really gruesome and shit. Um, uh, and there's Gosling a practicing Mormon though. I don't know if he's a practicing Mormon, but he comes from that stock, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Mormons, I've seen Mormons go both way. I've seen Mormons take that <laughs> stuff and kind of do good with it. Um, yeah. and then you have like, I don't know, Mitt Romney and those, and those yeah. kinds of assholes. So, yeah. Well, I tell you what, maybe we should just round it on up. Yeah. Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, I hope we conveyed that this movie is, it's a lot of different things. It's a horror movie, a mystery. It's a drama. It's a comedy, you know. Yeah. It's a fun, just a fun-ass movie. This one is under 90. Both this and Thunder Road are under 90. Yeah. Is that correct? I think so. Um, Barely any fat on them, and you can tell. Yeah, it was very very quick watch. Both well-fucking-made movies. So and yeah, yeah. watch them both in two hour, three hours. Hell yeah, giddy up! All right, uh, let's Head take a break, over. and we'll be back with the big roundup. <laughs> and we are back. Uh, it's time for the big roundup, Yeehaw. Randy. On a one to scale, uh, one to five scale uh, rating system, rating scale, whatever. <laughs> Man, I'm tired. Uh, what would you give uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow? <coughs> well, I think Will, I'm going to have to go ahead. And now, having watched this several times, I'm going to give it a high rating. Not the highest rated, and damn it, I got a little overzealous, a little peek behind the curtain. I don't know when this is going to come out, but we just did a movie with uh, Jordan, and I gave that. I should have stayed on my original review <laughs> because I want to give this that review, and now yeah. I have to go higher because it's better. this is better than that movie. Oh, man. Some You're good. Seven in my neighborhood. But anyway, um, I believe that I will give The Wolf of Snow Hollow four stars, and then Thunder Road, I will give four and a half stars. How about that? I believe that is fair. But well, Thunder, you- Wolf of Snow Hollow is damn near. If the mystery had totally landed, it would be up there. It would be higher. But the mystery is so kind of like thrown together at the mm-hmm. end, although I like the outcome of what happened. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway. So four stars, and then four and a half for Thunder Road. Cool. Well, Randy, uh, I am also going to give this a pretty high rating. Um, I am going to give this four stars. I'm going to give Thunder Road four and a half stars. So you and me, same as hell yeah, dude. have uh, have similar uh, feelings about both of these movies. Um, I do recommend them. Um, they do show kind of like the hallmarks of a, a new director trying to impress. Um, but, you know, like a Wes Anderson type uh, mm-hmm. who could be accused of being a tryhard. But um, 
regardless of that, what he tries, he lands for the most part. Uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate how thought out and again, doing it under an hour and a half is really a feat. Um, and it seems to be doing it on a smaller scale that, than someone like a Wes Anderson would do a, a movie, uh, where he has as much creative control. Um, and so kind of making it his own. So I'm really interested to see what he does next, where he goes, if he becomes an actor for hire, a director for hire, writer, whatever he does. I'm really interested to see where he goes. So. Same. For yeah. sure. Uh, okay. Recommendations. Recommendations. What do you have? I don't know if I have any recommendations for this one. Well, we've talked about some of the movies. I like both movies. Like the uh, Thunder Road takes place in Texas, some 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 like mid-size city in Texas. Like not one of the big ones, but yeah. like, you know, some suburb or somewhere, you know. And like uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow takes place in a small, smaller Utah community, mountain community. So I like that he does like a smaller, he's where I like where he sets his stuff. I think he kind of gets that life. I'm sure, I guess he's, he's probably writing from what he knows. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know anything about this guy, Yeah, but like he kind of, so he's sort of this movie and Thunder Road, I guess like George Washington is a movie that comes to mind. And like the first couple movies by David Gordon Green, where he's kind of like like all the real girls is another one that's just like a great movie and Undertow and Snow Angels and stuff. Those are more they have less levity than this, mm-hmm. I would say. And uh, and then Sling Blade and just some of the like you know I mean it it's real close to. A lot of what a lot of my favorite movies, like we've done Pow Wow Highway, and we were just talking about Straight Story is another one that I've I think are five star, just like classic movies. I mean, I love. I'm not typically a guy that picks movies set that are extra, like where New York is like the ex, the ne- other character or whatever. Yeah. Those aren't usually on my the top of my list normally. So I like I liked this. I like. His perspective is even if it's sort of baffling to me, I I enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Like I like that it made me think and like question like what is this guy's perspective, you know? But like it's a thoughtful it's a good movie. Both these are good. So yeah, any of those, I guess. I don't know. I'm rambling now. We got one more <laughs> peek behind rambling. the curtain, one yeah. one more episode. So uh some recommendations I would do is uh Copland, I think, is pretty good, uh, mm. directly dealing with police. It's one of Stallone's better movies um, where he kind of uh, plays a more subtle character. Um, and it's not an action movie, but it has some action sequences. It's got, like, everybody in it. It's got, like, Keitel and Michael Rappaport and Jimmy yeah. Garofalo and Ray Liotta and... Uh, so many other people are in it. I think it. Copland is definitely that's a good that's a good I bet that is like an inspiration for Jim Cummings. Yeah, it honestly. Uh Stallone plays a very different character, but in a very similar kind of situation. Um where he's trying to prove himself as a cop. Um 
and it, it takes place in a small town that's adjacent to, you know, it's a New Jersey small town suburb of uh, New York City and uh, has a little bit of that feel to it. Uh, I had another one. What was it? Um, uh, Werewolf of London, uh, just because of the, the werewolf theme. Uh, it also is like, uh, you know, about the werewolf. It is about the guy who is the werewolf. You mean and, American werewolf in London? Yeah. What did I say? You said a werewolf of London. Oh yeah. American werewolf in London. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a good one. I had another one that like locked and loaded and I can't remember what it was. Oh, uh, Ernest scared stupid. Uh, <laughs> just again, because I am of the, uh, religion that Jim Cummings, uh, this character he's doing is a type of an earnest type being put into different genres and we'll see what he does next. Hell yeah, uh, dude. To prove me right. So, uh, but really any of the earnest movies, most of the early earnest movies, let's say that from Dr. Otto to scared stupid, I would say <laughs> those are the, those are the high points. So, all right. Randy, what do you got? What do you got to promote this week? Oh, well, I've got um, a little bit of nothing. I don't know. I'm not promoting shit this time. Yeah. Moving on. Moving I, on. I, I, I got anything to promote. People can find me or not. They found <laughs> me. If they're listening to this, they already know who I am. Uh, for me, Doc documentary reviews every two weeks. Podcasts, you know where to find them. Same thing with uh, Nerd Rage of the Great Debates. Game show, debate show with nerdy stuff. Uh, Randy was on uh, one time, had a lot of fun. So it was it up. fun. Yeah. Uh, we got to have you back on as a debater this time and not a judge. I'll debate. Uh, uh, tell people about this show. We got a few good reviews uh, recently. Thank you for those. Um, tell your friends. Uh, tell us what to review. Give us some suggestions. We'll watch it. Um, Tell us what you like or don't like about the show. So, uh, oh, great, Randy. We got another one uh, to record after this, so we we might as well go. Heck yeah! Uh, and uh, I'll I'll see you again next week. All right, see you on the other side, brother. Ooh.